welcome back to the show. You're listening to Polymath Martial Arts with James Bannister. Just a quick update, guys. You'll notice that I changed the name of the podcast to Polymath Martial Arts. Um, I wanted to do that so that I can talk about a broader range of topics other than uh, normal like updates at my martial arts school in Titusville. So for those kind of things, you can still get that on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that, but it won't be in this podcast. And in the future, we might start an additional podcast that will be more focused on that. But for now, I'm just doing this one on my own, so it's mostly just going to be things that I want to talk about. So the first thing I wanted to bring up was uh, kind of just talking about what a polymath is and why I'm using that phrase. Um, it's very similar to the phrase renaissance, and so what that means is it's a person who is very skilled in multiple different disciplines. So it could be someone who is a really good writer, but they're also a very good uh, musician. So that would be someone who could be a polymath. And so um, I'm not trying to imply that I am one already. Um, more of what I'm trying to do is have that as a mindset, a goal for me to grow in the different things that I'm interested in and become a polymath over time. And that's a, a way you can look at things where you don't have to just stick with one discipline and only practice that one thing. You can obviously get involved in a lot of different ones and become very uh, skilled. You may not be top one or two or three in the world, but you can be very good in multiple different disciplines. And so that's kind of going to be the, the idea or, or mindset behind this podcast that we're not looking to just stick in one area. And that's why I didn't call it a jujitsu podcast. It's because I also trained in karate. I've trained in other styles as well. And I'm really interested in learning different things about movement, yoga, music, you know, all of these different things. So that's kind of the idea behind the podcast. So I just wanted to go over that really quick. So for this next segment here, I'm basically going to nerd out hardcore on some jujitsu stuff. So if you're not really interested in that, you're more than welcome to just skip through. Um, but basically, I've been uh, really looking at a certain jujitsu competitor lately uh, named Keith Krikorian. He's a 10th Planet guy. And um, I originally first saw him compete in the EBI qualifier. I'm not sure which one it was. But um, something that was really striking about his style, but I didn't fully realize it at the time, was just his his movement. So uh, basically, whether he's passing, sweeping, or or escaping, which is one of the big ones, his movement is so smooth and flawless. It was really something that kind of took me back. I I didn't realize it fully at the time, but um, overseeing him compete in some other uh, tournaments, especially like the ADCC trials, the East Coast trials that just went on very recently. There was something like 77 competitors in his division, and he ended up in the finals, I believe, with um, Ethan Crowenston, who's another really good uh, competitor, who's uh, kind of like a Danaher Death Squad type guy. And um, 
that's really when I started to pay a lot closer attention was because I saw how well he did at escaping when Ethan Crowenston got to his back, which is the position where I think um, we could see a lot of different techniques evolve between those two guys because Ethan Crowenston's back game is extremely effective. There's, there's a lot of matches where he gets people's backs and immediately finishes them. It's very, very devastating. He's very good on the back. And also, there's a lot of matches where people have an extremely hard time escaping his back control, especially like whenever there's EBI overtime rules. He is very good at staying on the back and keeping keeping that going. Um, and on the other side, Keith Krikorian is extremely good at escaping the back and was able to do so in a really, really um, technical way. And to me, it seems to really center around two primary escapes that he uses being the safe haven and the dark haven which basically the safe haven is when you're able to get to the underhook side and win that battle of getting your head to the mat which both of you are trying to have your head underneath the others but once he gets to that position he's able then to bridge in and shrimp and walk over their leg and and be able to get out that's like probably one of the easiest ways to get out of the back control and, and a lot of people try to do it. But if the person is able to pull you over to the overhook side, you're not able to do that safe haven. So a technique that a lot of 10th Planet guys use and other people too, is as they're being pulled over to that overhook side, they roll through a full, a full almost a 360 and come back on the other side. So they're able to get their head on the ground and then they safe haven out. Um, and just, I haven't seen anybody who's as good at, at those two moves, putting those two moves together as Keith Krikorian. Um, and then another scenario where I saw him competing was with, um, this weekend in the, uh, Sapatero Gamblers Invitational. He, um, competed in the finals Mm -hmm. of that tournament against, um, a really good grappler, Michael Perez, who did really well up in the Kasai tournaments up in New York. So a very good grappler, and um, and he was able to uh, tap him out on the back in a like super high pace, uh, extremely entertaining match. You know, it was really it was really awesome because both guys were not holding back at all. You could tell they weren't stalling at all. They were really going for it the whole time. So very cool. That's a really cool tournament that um, uh, is put on by Star Lord. BJJ he puts that on and it is a, a really cool tournament that I saw I saw the um, live stream on Facebook and uh, so that showed me also that Keith Krikorian is able to uh, he's becoming more well-rounded uh, to where he's able to you know attack from a lot of different positions too so that's really cool so basically I've been copying him in my rolling for the last like two weeks just trying to escape the back control with those techniques and just trying to learn better movement. It kind of reminds me of like uh, Gary Tonin, who also has like just amazing movement and is able to just kind of flow from one technique to the next. Um, and it, especially when it applies to escaping submissions, which is another uh, another good example of that. So that's something that I have been thinking about a lot. So I definitely will be 
talking about that some more in the future podcasts and in the classes I'm going to be teaching. So the next thing I wanted to talk about, guys, is that um, the holidays are basically here. You know, um, this week Thanksgiving is happening and then, you know, Christmas is not that far away. So I know that around this time of year, it's very easy to get complacent and to not train as much. And it also, for some reason, at least for me too, it feels like you have an excuse like, oh, well, you know, it's time for family and it's holidays. You got to have, you know, time for that and, and just chill out, you know, and then it's cold too. So you just feel like not going anywhere and just, you know, eating tons of sugary stuff and, and all that. But really that's a reason to be consistent, you know, like you're not, you're not uh, spending time with your family, you know, every day during the week, you know what I mean? And how many days a week does it take to stay consistent with your training? You know, you don't have to go that many times, but basically, um, don't let yourself get tricked by that and think that you need to take you know, a month off or just really not even train for December just because of, you know, holidays. That's really a reason to stay consistent because it's when you can make a lot of backward uh, progress if you, or regression, if you don't, if you don't train, you're going to end up going backwards because not only are you not training, but then you're also eating badly and being really lazy. You're not working out. And then January rolls around and everybody gets all motivated and starts uh, starts training again. But it would be even better if you can maintain a certain level of training through the holiday season. And that way, when January starts, you'll have all that momentum built up. So you're going to do a lot better. So that's something I'm definitely going to try to do this holiday season here. I'm not going to try to uh, get really lazy with my training. So uh, one way I'm going to do that is that I have a tournament that I'm going to try to do in January. And so that gives me that incentive to make sure I get on the mat enough because I know, oh man, that tournament's coming up, so I better get to training. So that can be an effective way to do it, but it can also be that um, you set like some goals and plans uh, that will happen in January. And then you can spend December and the end of November here planning and preparing for those and doing the groundwork of getting in shape. So that's my uh, little advice for this week is that don't let the holidays give you an excuse to get really lazy and not train. That's like, it's like the worst month to take off. It doesn't make as much of a difference if you take off like a February or a March, but as far as your training goes, the worst time to take off is when you're eating all the sweets and uh, you know, not really doing a lot of other exercising. So try to maintain some training throughout the holidays and you're going to feel a lot better come January. Okay. So that's going to be it for the episode today, guys. I know I put it out a little bit late, but I've been real busy with moving the, um, dojo. So, uh, I'll try to have the next one come out on Thursday and then stay pretty regular with that. So, um, if you guys have any ideas of things I should talk about in the podcast, uh, just shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram and, uh, I'll do definitely do that. I'm also pretty soon going to start doing some interviews with different, um, martial artists and that will be really interesting. So that'll be something we can add to the podcast and then 
definitely they'll be a lot longer when we do that so that'll be really cool so uh peace out guys Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Polymath Martial Arts with James Bannister.